I'm not going back and forth with a man who thinks that they should be in my position. If you want to be in my position, get in my position. Do you believe that? Bluff City Media presents The Anthony Sane Show on YouTube at Bluff City Media. Stepping up to the microphone is your host, Anthony Sane. Acknowledge me. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Anthony Sane Show here live from the uh, Bluff City Media Studios. It's your host, Anthony Sane. Got my guy, Kenny Stubblefield, behind the glass. What's going on, Kenny? Man. My bad, my bad, my bad. I didn't turn my mic on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you good. Everything's good, man. Yeah, Everything's good yeah, over here. man, for sure. My man, Parrish Shark in the building. He he ain't going to grab the mic or nothing. He back there in the bike, back doing his thing, man. I'm about to yeah. get Parrish a mic for next yeah, time, Yeah, get man. a man a third mic. You got to get a third mic back here for him. My man, Parrish Shark in the building. But yeah, man, it's another day here in the Bluff City Media Studios. Anthony Sane's show is kicking off. Uh, got a special guest today, man. My guy Pete Pranica is joining us for the sit down with Sane. Let's He's go. gonna come in, in a minute. Excited to have my boy Pete on, man. Just a legend. Uh, of course, the play-by-play commentator for uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Want to say he's hadn't been here the whole time that the Grizzlies have been here, but he's been here most of it for sure. We'll talk about those things, what the future looks like. Uh, I want to kind of ask him about this Bally stuff, man. Is it? Yeah. Can right. I ask him about that? He, uh, might, he might say, uh, let me, let me, yeah. let me say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him before, before the interview, if I can talk to him about it. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Let's do it like that for sure. Uh, with my man, uh, Pete Pranica for sure. Uh, also of course they're doing the three pointer. I'm going to talk about this Kevin Porter Jr. stuff, man. I got to um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't really know what I'm going to say, but it, I think it'll come to me between now and then. Um, I'm going to talk about Derrick Rose got married. That was pretty cool. That was pretty dope. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, coach Prime, about to get on y'all ass. <laughs> yeah, just know it's coming for that sure. Colorado State coach, man. Yeah. Uh, we it, Most of the time we've been doing the show, Kenny, um, we um, – hasn't been a lot of sports, actual sports going on. But now we're about to be getting, being thrusted into yes. sports season. NFL is going on. College football is going on. Yep. Tiger basketball, Grizzlies are coming. So now it's kind of hard – some things it's kind of hard to talk about. Like you're watching this show, but, but by the time you watch this show, you already know where the University of Memphis won – uh, versus Navy. I'm not going to speak on it. Uh, y'all tell me what happened. <laughs> right. I'm not going to speak on it, man. I'm not going to speak on that at all. But we're recording this probably an hour or so before the game kicks off. But, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those things about the way we record the show. It's kind of some things we can't really talk about uh, on that for sure. Um, inside the same brain is going to be fun. Uh, I had the, the discussion that I had, I had it at work today kind of to test the room on it. I had it it's, a, it's a topic that's for women. For the most part. And I threw it out to a group of women. I got a mixed response. Yeah. So I'm going to see what the people say. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. But since the last time we talked, Kenny Stubblefield, uh, there's been a lot of talk um, about arena fund allocation. University of Memphis people, uh, Laird Veach, and all those dudes have been uh, getting, their, getting their shit off about the whole subject. Um, Brad Carson put a very strange uh, tweet out the other day. Uh <laughs> Love Brad. Yeah, Brad's my guy, man. Yeah, uh, I got to see Brad. Brad today. You guys are watching Friday. I got to see Brad today, like an hour before this show airs. <laughs> of course, I do the Jason and John show, but Brad um, would tweet out basically saying <laughs> he, he's – I think Brad has like a wrestling history or like something because a lot of stuff he, he says comes off very Vince McMahon-ish. You know, you know what I mean? The stuff he says. He says something like if uh, – if if the University of Memphis wants the money they want from the allocation, they need to go. They need to uh, do a sellout the rest of the season. Like, <laughs> sounds like a it sounds like a a wrestling match yeah. where the winner yeah. the winner wins. Loser the leaves town. Loser leaves town. <laughs> yeah. Type of deal. Yeah. Because he did this again with, uh, before with Ryan Silverfield, where he was like, uh, 
He was like, uh, uh, if Ryan Silverfield wants the job, go win the bowl game. <laughs> like that, <laughs> you win that bowl game, you get the job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brad, don't don't ever put Brad in TV, man. He's gonna make some type of reality show where it's like Survivor or something like that for sure, man. Biffin Survivor for sure. But yeah, Brad's a funny dude, man. And uh, that that conversation turned into other conversations and people, you know, getting their shit off about uh, Tiger football, Tiger basketball, all these type of things. And the conversation came up about, uh, you know, the uh, Tigers being the city's team and if the Grizzlies leave, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> which, which led me to put out one of my better tweets of all time, probably. <laughs> that, was, that was one of uh, them. Here, here's the thing, man. And I've, 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 I'm the type of person, I told you about this, uh, people have the right to be upset. They have the right to be offended or feel however they feel. And I'm the type of person, I, I will allow you that right. If, if, you, if you're being respectful towards me, I will gladly respond to a DM conversation if if your conversation is respectful and you're making sense. You've proved that over the last right. day or two. And if you're asking questions, I will I will answer your question. But I had this conversation with a guy today uh, via Instagram. I don't know why people are jumping to my Instagram DM, but I found out today that like I had my Twitter set up where you you can't DM me if we're, if I don't follow you unless you're verified. I don't remember setting my account up. I think it I think when uh, Elon took over, yeah, it automatically that it automatically transit like transferred yeah. to that. Yeah, I didn't know that cuz I use I like to keep my DMs open so cuz you never know, man. You have I've had like business opportunities yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that teenagers yeah. coming to me and saying like, "Hey man, um you know, I want to learn the ropes of what you do, how to do what you're doing, yeah. whatever that type of stuff." So I I I'm kind of feeling the way that they're not open. But um yeah, it's like a guy came to me on Instagram today and I told him, I said, man, as long as we speak in truth, we can have this conversation. But if you if you're going to like project what you think I'm saying on me, or right. you're gonna like tell me what you want me to be thinking saying, well, the conversation is gonna end. But if you have questions to ask or you want clarity on what I'm trying to say to you, say in my tweets, I'll right. tell you. It's not a big deal. Right. Had a lady that was offended by something I said, I had to break it down for her. Something I said on Jason and John's show a year ago, she was offended by it. So I had to clear that up with her. You know what I mean? Just today? No, this happened a few weeks ago. Uh -huh. <laughs> that that's the inside the same brand I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Yeah. But it's just I haven't got to it. Yeah, yeah. So of course, um conversation was about how University of Memphis means more to the city. So we shouldn't be bowing down to the Grizzlies. That was kind of the theme of the morning. And uh, I said what I had to say to that. And I spoke about how all right, if people <laughs> people ask me why there's so many things with me come down the race. And if you want to be honest, I think more things should come down to race. You know what I mean? If you really want to talk about it. We talked about some of those things, you know, off the air today about how race probably plays a part in a lot more stuff than, than we uh, um, give credit for. Mm. Like calling out Deion Sanders for no apparent reason. <laughs> that was one of the things we talked about that probably comes down to race. Um, do I want to go here? Let me see. Let me see. where I, I, I've, It's something I was debating about talking about. Um. Well, I'll give y'all a quick history lesson to kind of set up this conversation. Are you okay with it, Ken? Man, I'm. Hey, all bro, right, all right, go with it. All right, you do you basically an overview. The history of the United States is pretty fucked up. Like <laughs> that's that's let's 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 look through that lens, all right. And with that, the history of the South is especially fucked up, all right. And if you dig a little deeper, the history of Memphis has its own swing, uh, its own. Uh, Cul-de-sac in that, yeah, in that yeah. effed upness. Right, exactly. So, um, and with that being said, there are a lot of people who, nobody wants to have that finger pointed on them of being racist, and it goes across the board. Right. White people don't like to be called racist. Black people don't either. 
Now, it's debatable whether you, whether you say black people can even be racist. I'll let you guys make that own decision on your own. I lean towards that we can't. But we'll have that discussion another day. Um, there's a certain level of power that, has, that comes with racism. A certain level of authoritative. A certain level of authority you have to have to be uh, racist. It's not just how you feel about something. It comes with power. Anyway, we'll, I'll, I'll say that for another discussion. Um... And with that being said, there are a lot of injustice, there are a lot of bias, there are a lot of systems that have been put in place where things are, where black people are not playing on an equal playing ground in America. I'll give you all a quick history lesson. There was this thing called slavery. Happened a couple of years ago. Can me ask you a question? I'm going to let you play the role of a slave master, all right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I Parish, I'm going to pass the mic to Parrish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pass the mic to Parrish, Shark. Yeah, yeah, the Parrish is going to be the slave master. All right. Because this, I might have some slave masters in my, my uh, ancestry. <laughs> right. So this, You mean you ain't checked your ancestry.com in a while, so I got you. I don't even want to know. All right, pass the mic to, uh, to Parrish. Nah, we just do it. real. Look, ask you a quick yes or no question. All right, Parrish, Shark. Are you, are you on the mic, Paris Shark? Yes, I am. All right, quick question for you. I want you to assume that you're a slave owner, right? You had, you had this free labor labor for hundreds of years in, in, in America, right, where you had right. these, uh, these black people that were being your slaves. All right, if there was a rule or there was the result of a war said that you no longer can legally have slaves, right? All right, let, you know that happened, right? Let's say that happened, all right? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Would you send your slaves off with a care package or a to, or or how, how to survive in America kit? Would that come out? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Nah. All right. So basically, what I'm saying, Kenny Stubblefield, what I'm saying, Paris Shockey, what I'm saying to the listeners and supporters of this show, uh, we 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 get the part of we understand the part of slavery ended in America, but we don't get the part that. We didn't get a care package, bro. Like nobody, we weren't set out. Thanks. We weren't set out for success. We weren't set out to. And, and hey, guys, sorry about that. <laughs> Wish you guys the best. Hey, there's some land over there. You know, go do your thing. There were several things, several systems in place, several uh, organizations in place that make that made our life hell ever since slavery. Yep, yep. And that's a real thing. And you also may want to check history to see. Um, yeah, let me not get, get, get too caught up in slavery because then people start thinking black people came over here on boats. Yeah. Which is a whole other discussion for y'all. <laughs> I know Ken is like, <laughs> I know Ken is like, get this man out of this. All right. Full episode in itself. All right, so let's fast forward to 2023. And there was a tweet I put out, and um, I've got white friends. Matter of fact, Kenny Stubblefield is one of them. Let's go. But no, I, I'm, I'm joking about that part. But um, fast forward to 2023, the tweet I put out. Because there's this thing, like I said, people were saying um, that the University of Memphis Tigers are the city's team. And I said, okay, that's nonsense. And the reason why is because if, if we're having discussions about where games are being, being played, we're talking about live attendance at games. You're talking about people who show up to the Liberty Bowl or whatever y'all call it, that building now. You're talking about people who are showing up to FedEx Forum for Tiger Games. You're talking about people who show up for... University of Memphis games. You're talking about people who show up for the Southern Heritage Classic. If you're talking about live games, I'm talking about the demographic of people who are showing up to the games. All right? I am aware that there are a ton of black people that support University of Memphis basketball, football, all these sports. But if we're having a conversation about who is attending games live, 
it sounds ridiculous to say that this is the city's team when the people who go to those games do not reflect the city. That was the basic premise of the tweet that I put out yesterday that so many people are upset about, that so many people feel seen about. I've had, um, <laughs> God bless them, I've had nice 60-year-old women saying the same, this hurt my feelings, and I said, Miss Mildred, I understand. <laughs> like, you know, like, what can I say to you? You know what I mean? What can I say to these, these sweet women that are coming to me or whatever? Now, I've had people who have came back and said some, you know, ridiculous things to me, but at the end of the day, man, I'm not lying about anything. Like, one of the biggest unkept secrets, one of the things I've heard so many people talk about for years are blue hairs. What are blue hairs, Kenny Stubblefield? What are blue hairs, uh, Paris Sharkey? Oh, white women. It's, it's, the, it's the stigma that has been spoken over Tiger athletics that when you go to, a especially a Tiger basketball game, you're surrounded by a bunch of old people. Mm -hmm. And they're old, white, rich people. And it's been that way for all of my adult life. That's, what, that's the stigma that people have said about when you go to these games. I didn't create that yesterday. Sorry, I didn't. And the only statement I was making to people is um, if, if you go to a game and, it's, and you're surrounded by predominantly white people and predominantly rich people, that does not reflect Memphis. Not at all. It doesn't look like the city at all. Yeah, all. And it's not a big secret that it doesn't look like the city. It doesn't feel like the city. Go to a Grizzly game, you might see Moneybag Yo playing Big Bank, take Little Bank. You might see that. I see his crew taking people's seats on the first row behind the goal. Exactly. You might see my guy. I'm trying to think of his name. I went to college with the dude. I can't remember his name. But I see him. He has a beautiful wife and kids. Black family. They're sitting on the front row. I see a bunch of stunning-ass black people at, at Grizzlies games. I'm like, damn. It's, it's a lot of black money in the city, man. Front row at the Grizzlies games. There's a ton of black people down there. Stun. You understand what I'm saying? Got but Boosie and Cat Williams. <laughs> it's not just black people. You see Asian people, Indian people. You see ton... Tons of people, and not just upper class. You see people of all classes at the Grizzlies games. You see black, white, everybody. Hey, can Kids. I say something to that, Anthony? Go ahead. Quick? The conversation that I've heard people say, coming, obviously because of of your your affiliation with Bluff City Media. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know we. Get how, how do you support a racist? We we get phone calls and we get conversations <laughs> and, and, and all that as well. And and the response that I've heard a lot of is. Mm -hmm. You look at the Tigers games and look at the way that the Memphis Tigers have set up their ticket opportunities for the lower bowl. Dude, I'm games. not talking about no money. Black but, people got money, bro. But no, here's here's what Go I'm ahead. saying. Go ahead. I'm glad you said that though. Go ahead. But here's what I'm saying is a lot of it, a lot of those lower bowl tickets are like corporations and, mm -hmm. and large companies that have purchased those tickets. That's why there's so many older white people. Yeah, there. whatever. And my response is again. That's an issue, right? Like, yeah. again, that's a problem, right? in it's, my opinion. I'm talking about a have versus have not situation, if you really want to go to that type of stuff. like, But that's what you're describing. But what I'm saying is, bro, black people in Memphis got money, bro. <laughs> but, but guess what? We're choosing not to spend our money at those games because the games suck. Yep. I mean, can't we say that? <laughs> Facts. They're freaking boring as shit, man. For one, they playing who? Wichita State? I, I'm not paying money to see the folks Not play. just that. The the in-game, the in-arena experience, experience is ass. The college basketball period it's ass. Is, is a bad product. Like, like, black people just ain't going to that. Like, it's not a cool after-work event for the people who oh. work downtown. They're not going to a Tiger game because they're surrounded by – it looks like a morgue in there, man. Like, it looks like <laughs> – like I said, it looks like a Billy Joel concert, and I've been to one, so I know what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, damn, man. Like, it's, it's people trying to say, oh, why are you making this about race? No, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out the obvious. 
Like those games do not look like the city of Memphis, man. Nope. What are you what are you talking about? And I told the dude on Instagram, I say, when you sit, when you go to your because I've had people who are like in those pictures I posted, right? Who got mad at me, right? Like, oh, that's me in there. Like, like, okay, all right, next time you go to the game, take two steps forward, turn around and look around at the crowd. And actually, does it look tell tell yourself, does it look like Memphis or not? It don't. It may look like you're Memphis. Because you probably don't even live here. You live in the suburbs somewhere. It may look like your reality, but it don't look like Memphis, man. Don't argue with me about that because it's, it's a stupid conversation. Yeah, folks need to go back and re-listen to the 901 Day podcast that you did. Yeah. You're inside the same brain where you talk about you got a whole theory on what the city of Memphis looks like and where it's yeah, at man. and the, the parameters around it. Who can celebrate 901 Day? And I think that that speaks to kind of what you're you're discussing here. Like you're talking about inside the city of Memphis. Like, yeah, you live in you live in the 901 district area code, but yeah, I'm this Memphis, is my man. city, man. Like, yeah, my man, my man Ryan Hancock did a live on Twitter yesterday. I didn't even know lives on Twitter even existed no more. Not the way he did it because it still it looked like the old it looked like Periscope the way he did it. But he was basically saying like, man, y'all saying this right. And he brought up a point that I had totally forgot about, man. He said, man, the Tigers used to play in the Mid-South Coliseum in the Middle Orange Mound. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he said, back then, Negroes was in the Coliseum, bro. We right. was in there because we could walk there. Yep. When they moved all this stuff downtown, no. Nah. Yep. That's when Blue Hair started, when they mm -hmm. went downtown. But, man, I'm going to say this, man. Because um, I don't really want to give a lot of energy to this because it's really stupid. Because people just, they're missing the whole point. But... I work in social services. I'm a social worker um, for one of the, you know, greater organizations in the city of Memphis. And with that being said, I was in a training today and some stats came up on the screen. And it just spoke to me so much, man. It spoke to me so much. Let me see if I got these on my phone, bro. <clears throat> what are the stats based on? This is in 2022, Kenny, uh, in Paris. The population, um, out of all the people in Memphis, 141,627 people in the city of Memphis were living in poverty, were deemed to be living in poverty. That's 21% of the population, yeah. guys. That is enough people to fill the FedEx form eight times. Mm. You can fill up to the top. It emptied the FedEx form eight times with the amount of people that live in poverty in the city of Memphis. Now you ask yourself, what about children? There are 162,768 kids in the city of Memphis living in poverty. That's 35% of the kids who live in the city of Memphis. Get the fuck out of my face telling me that what you see at these Grizzly games, or what you see at these Tiger games, what you see at these Tiger football games, Tiger basketball games, don't speak for Memphis. Those numbers speak for Memphis. That's a problem. That's a, that's a have versus have not problem. That's a heart issue in the city of Memphis, man. I don't care about your damn basketball games. I don't care about your Tiger football games. Honestly, I don't care about your Grizzly games. You just want me to be real with you. If you really want to talk about an issue, the audacity of you bastards to come to me about racism or come to me about what you're offended by, when nothing about your congregations, your silos, your group of people that you bring together to watch entertainment. And one guy had the audacity to tell me sports, we, we go to the sports, we attend games, we watch games to escape from the real world. Nah, we don't need to escape from nothing. We need to deal with some of the issues in this city. We don't need escapes. We had enough escapes. We don't need to use sports to escape from anything. We need to deal with some of the issues in this city. But y'all enjoy your games. 
go Tigers, go, all that type of stuff. But yeah, get out of my face talking about racism just because I pointed out a real reality in this city. That the University of Memphis athletic games, they look nothing like this city at all. Now, you want to call that racism? Hey, call me whatever. But we're about to take a break, man, when we come back. My boy Pete Pranik is going to be in the building. We're going to talk about the Grizzlies, the greatest organization in the city of Memphis. God damn it. <laughs> Get the f*** out of my face, man. We'll talk about that and more here on the Edge of the Saints show. See y'all in a minute. Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student athletes win in the NIL landscape. Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, Elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city. Are they keeping it vanilla because they played two bad opponents or is it just a very basic offense? Like, will there be any creativity to this offense this year? I think that in the past game, they, they have the tendency to get creative. Like yeah. that RPO to Toski is fun, like wide open. I hate to be this guy. I'd go with the latter. I don't know if there's a lot of creativity in the run game. Yeah. Tim Cramsey hasn't shown it. It's inside zone, inside zone, inside zone, outside zone, inside zone, inside. It's just consistently out of the shotgun, handing a running back in between the tackles and saying go. It's it's not working. You have to switch things up and give the defense a different look. And I don't think that Tim Cramsey's shown any level of tendency to do that. And yeah, I do like the fact that they're throwing them the ball. They're giving yes. them the ball in space there. But as far as running the ball and the running schemes, they're just not. They're just not getting them in space. They're just ramming it up the middle. Tune into On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Coon every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. And I wonder if Silverfield's time in the NFL is the reason for this, but it feels like a much more NFL style 100%. to do that as opposed to yeah. what you see a lot in college is just keep doing your thing, keep putting up points. I think style points really only matter if your job is on the line or you are playing a ranked opponent. I think that's really the only Or time. you're at a place like Memphis where you have like you don't have a huge core fan base. That may not be the case at all college football programs. Yeah. But definitely in Memphis, where you have, what, a core of 25,000-ish wow. fans that are sure. fans, and then you've got to bring in 10, 15 casual that are, you know, their number one team is somewhere else. But if you're exciting and fun, they're going to come to a Thursday night game against Navy when their team's not playing. But I think you also get that if you just win. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Edge of the Saints show. It's time for the sit down with Saints, one of the true 
Legends in the city of Memphis, man, when it comes down to the Memphis Grizzlies. The greatest organization in the city of Memphis, just to remind y'all again uh, from our segment, uh, first segment in the show. My man Pete Pratica is in the building, man. He's the man. Y'all know he is. He's a play-by-play commentator. Been here almost as long as the Grizzlies have been here. Almost. As long as I can remember, for sure. Um, I I don't remember many times without Pete Pratica being here. Uh, Pete, glad to have you on, man. Welcome to our humble abode here in the Bluff City Media Studios. Been trying, been wanting to get you on for a minute, man. It's almost that time, man. It we're, is. we're not many days, not many weeks away uh, from the Grizzlies starting his training camp or whatever. Uh, you started your time in Portland. And I'll go ahead and get this question out of the way uh, early. You witnessed a very young Zach Randolph. Right. And when Zach came to Memphis, he was around 28, 29 years old. He was married. He had children. He was kind of really settling into who he was, kind of slowing down. You know, he was becoming that kind of more mature guy. When you see a guy like John Morant, I'm sure you knew where this question was going. We see mm-hmm. a guy like John Morant, the struggles he's having, just maturing as a man, just making wiser decisions um, as an NBA pro. Does the fact that you saw Zach Randolph do it there, that version of Zach, and then the version we got, and even once we got Zach, he still had some maturing to do, and he still go to that next level of maturity. When you saw that with Zach, do, does that give you more hope when you see John like, yeah, I've seen this. That, that kid's going to be all right. How do you feel about that whole situation? Yeah, because Zach Randolph went into the Blazers organization mm-hmm. that had some characters. Mm-hmm. Under, underline the word yeah. characters, right. okay? And so he's 19 years old. He's coming from Michigan State. He's mm-hmm. from Marion, Indiana. And then you go to Portland, Oregon, which it's, it's an entirely different culture, entirely different demographic. And, you know, he had people around him who were guys from Marion. Hey, you owe us. Yeah. And one of the, Anthony, one of the key memories of my time here in Memphis off the court, I did a Read to Achieve event with Zach Mm -hmm. Randolph. And the kid who read the most books, his prize was to get to interview Zach Randolph. Mm -hmm. And the young man, first question to Zach is, what's the hardest thing for a black athlete to learn? Mm. And Zach did not give him any, you know, like BS fluff answer. He said, a lot of times the people who say they're your friends, they're not your friends. And you have to pick the people around you very, very wisely. And that, to me, indicated just how far Zach had come. And he had matured. And And I said it from the heart on the night that his jersey number was retired. I am proud of the man that you've become Mm -hmm. because I had the unique perspective of seeing him when he was 19 as a rookie in Portland and then seeing him close to the end of his career in Memphis. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of people were kind of tripping about the whole thing with Ja because he he came on, like, people are like, there are people who actually watch Ja's Twitter like crazy, watch his Instagram, who he's following, who he's not following, that type of stuff. Some guy was like, uh, man, Ja just refollowed DTAP on Instagram. And Ja was like, I'm for life. It's DTAP for life. We're friends for life or whatever. But he said 5L, which means right. a little bit more than Even before. beyond Way for to life. break it down for you, Pete, because yeah. we, we kind of break – I've kind of got a history of breaking stuff down for <laughs> yeah. you on Twitter. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I had to break that down. 5L means a little bit more than for life, basically. So – and my thing with that is, and it's always been my thing, like, it's not that it's not that John needs to cut off DTAP. It's, it's hard to tell a guy who – DTAP is more than just his friend. He's a guy who he says he looks at like his brother. And that's not, he's not just saying that. Like, that's a real relational, ex, uh, exper- experiential thing where they've had these experiences and life lessons they've had together where they've, they have that family like bond. 
And a lot of times in the African-American community, that's a real thing, man. You know what I mean? That's what I've tried to tell people. You just can't cut that dude off. Right. But they just have to move different. They have to grow and mature together and let their relationship turn into a more, much more professional relationship and just get rid of some of the stuff that's, that's causing the bad decision-making. So I'm confident that Ja is going to figure this thing out, man. But like I said, people talk about life lessons and did he learn from this and did he learn from this. I don't think it's that type of thing. I think it's going to have to be a – He's just going to have to grow older. He's just going to have to mature. And we just have to just kind of hope that the, there's little collateral damage as he grows up. I just think we just kind of got to wait him out, man. Yeah, but I, and I, I thought <laughs> I thought T's comment mm-hmm. that this isn't about yeah, the stop people throwing around it on John. People, yep. Yeah, John needs to make better yeah. decisions. And I, I, yeah. I don't think there's any any disputing that mm-hmm. fact. And so his his reaction or his interaction with Devante has to be <clears throat> we're friends and – I can push back on you and say, yeah. that's not a good choice for me. Mm-hmm. Because to give you a sense, Anthony, of the impact, okay, middle of last season, I get a call from the NBA because American Express wants to run an ad and right. they want to use some of my calls for John Morant. Which they American cut you a check for that? What? Huh? They paid you for that? Of course. Ah! My God! <laughs> Go ahead. Well, see, the NBA owns the NBA owns my intellectual property. Uh-huh. American Express does not. Uh-huh. And I said, "Yeah, you want to use it?" My agent negotiated. You know, yeah, cetera, a little something. Yeah, a little something. Slight something. work. Yeah, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, here is an ad for American Express. Mm-hmm. He was featured twice in that ad, which was like maybe 15, 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then all this happens, and you go to summer league, and there are posters of all of the you know the NBA stars of, mm-hmm. of today. There's no John Moran. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. um, you know, here he is. He's one of the most popular athletes in the world. The jersey sales are off the oh, charts. Man. Shoes. Um, and, you know, hopefully he gets it all together and mm-hmm. he gets in a good headspace and can be a productive player and have better decision making. Yeah. In the meantime, in between time, we've got an entire season coming. Right. It's coming soon, man. Uh, be here before you know it. Uh, Ja won't be there, of course, for, uh, you know, at least those 25 games. He's got those benchmarks he's got to hit, hoping he stays out of trouble, hoping he. His, does whatever he needs to do to get back on the court as soon as possible. But it's undeniable that he will be missing, you know, those 25 games. With that being said, uh, the guys that are left behind, the Jaron Jackson Juniors, the Desmond Baines, um, the Marcus Smart, those type of guys, what do you, how do you think this team looks after those 25 games are over? I think that they're going to they're gonna do more than tread water. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to be fine. The acquisition of Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. just an amazing story yeah. that he basically fell in Zach Kleiman's lap, which, yeah. you know, Zach Kleiman, hey, we always wanted a guy like Marcus Smart, if not Marcus Smart himself. Right, right, right. And then because of a failed physical, all of a sudden now he becomes available. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy that has been to the NBA Finals, a guy who has tremendous experience. He's a high-character <laughs> guy, toughness guy. I mean, everything about Marcus Smart's game – screams Memphis. Yeah. So he's going to be a great fit for this basketball team. And I really and truly believe, and this is not sentiment on my part, Anthony, I really believe <clears throat> that Derrick Rose has something in the tank that yeah. he can offer this team. That, you know, he was kind of marginalized with the Knicks. I don't think he's going to be marginalized here. He's going to be called upon to be a leader. And I think when you talk about guys in a locker room who can be a great influence on John mm-hmm. Morant, here's a, a guy in Derrick Rose who has been to the top individually. Yeah suffered catastrophic injury and has worked his way back. So it's a different type of adversity, but certainly can understand the Memphis market, understand what it's like to, you know, be rookie of the year uh, and to be at those heights and then to have to overcome adversity. So I think that's going to be great. 
The guy that I am most excited about becoming more of a leader in this team is Desmond Bain. Yeah. I uh, had a chance. I'd love to see what that looks like. Yeah. Had a chance to talk to Des uh after he signed the, the new contract in Las Vegas. And you could see in his eyes that he's starting to feel his voice as a leader yeah. for this basketball team. And when you think he basically had a career year on a busted toe mm-hmm. for half the year, yeah. That tells you how tough and mentally strong he is. Do you do you see him taking an all-star leap this year? I think it's definitely possible. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, he's he's uh he looks like he's poised to do something, man, uh for sure. Um, he's always been a guy who's always had that confidence. You go back to the, this, his rookie year in the playoffs. He was he, you saw he had the confidence there. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how that all plays out. Uh, speaking of confidence, Jaron Jackson Jr. just wrapped up the uh, FIBA basketball tournament. We all were ranting and excited about, man, this is going to be a great opportunity for Jaron. You know, he's going to build his confidence. He's going to take him to the next level, playing this level of competition. He was looking – he was looking like he was really impacting games, even to even the stuff that even due to the time he's getting criticized, he still was you know it was a positive impact on the game for sure. But what are your what are your thoughts now looking at it in retrospect, especially with some of the direct criticism that Jaron was getting and how he did or didn't handle that criticism? Because there was an interview I was like, man, where some guy was asking Jaron, he just looked defeated in the face. You know what I mean? So, what's what are your opinion of? how that tournament may have affected Jaron going forward. Well, I think it put him under more of a spotlight than mm-hmm. maybe he's ever been under before. Yeah. And so you learn from Because you got that. the whole country coming in. You, you got know. the whole country. Literally. Yeah, you represent. <laughs> you got USA across your chest. Right. I mean, it's an entirely different experience mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. And I think he understands, too. I, I think the way Desmond Bain has grown into his role, I think Jaron's mm-hmm. growing into his role. Uh, defensive player of the year. Now, guys, guys are going to come after you. Because, yeah. like, oh, you think you're the DPOI? Well, I'm going to show you. Right. Just like guys who go Rudy Gobert all the time. And mm-hmm. so guys are going to come after him, and he's going to have to be mentally strong. Uh, and there's going to be an opportunity those first 25 games without Ja. There are points available. There are mm-hmm. touches available. There are minutes available. And um, I just think playing on an international stage and dealing with the brighter spotlight and playing for your country, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure there were some moments where – he probably did feel a little deflated and a little defeated. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, it's a positive experience. It's positive for the city of Memphis. It's a positive for the Grizzlies organization. And I think through some of the adversity he faced there, I think he's going he's gonna to grow, and I think it will uh, show in the season cup upcoming. Yeah, I think he's going to bounce back fine, man. I think he's going to have a great season. Like I was telling people just you know in private conversations, we've seen Jaron battle against – players of his of his ilk of his caliber in the NBA and look like the best player on the court. You know what I mean? I think that when he I think we we're kind of putting a lot into these, you know, few weeks of, of the FIBA tournament. I think he's gonna bounce back fine. I think that level of adversity is just gonna push him. It's just gonna get him more ready. He knows what he has to do. He knows Jaws not gonna be there in the beginning of the season. I'm expecting a all NBA level play level season from Jaron. I'm not saying he's gonna make an all NBA team, but I think he's a guy that's definitely gonna be in consideration. I think he's definitely gonna be an all star I think DPOY again, you know, is in the card. So I'm not going to be too down on him at all because it was there was a lot of stuff. I I don't think that Steve Kerr managed him at the best he could at all. So and I've said that everywhere to everyone who wants to hear it pretty much. And the Phoebe um, officiate, FIBA officiating wasn't necessarily the best yeah, either. Exactly. So uh, I'm not really worried about Jaron at all. One thing I am worried about is that Dylan Brooks was looking like. <laughs> <laughs> The Canadian Mamba, for sure. Uh, against Team USA, 39 points. Um, he had the antics going. Uh, I'll say this, man. I know you feel the same way. Because uh, I know you're a fan of, of Dylan the Villain as well. I, I'm i not going to miss a lot. I don't think I'm going to miss a lot basketball-wise from Dylan. 
But there are so many things about Dylan that had nothing to do with with the with him putting putting a goal in the basket, ball in the basket, or not putting the ball in the basket. That I'm going I'm going to miss more. Than, I'm going to miss his stuff, man. His antics, the stuff he said, his confidence. You're talking about a dude who, no matter what you say about Dylan Brooks, you can never say that he took games off. You never say a game you felt like he was half-assing it. Like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's just, he's, he's a very entertaining dude, man. And he embraced being a villain. I'm going to miss that about him at all. Do you think we'll have any regrets on the court as far as Dylan is concerned? I, I don't think so. Uh, mm. I, I enjoyed being around Dylan. And, and, yeah, he's a, and he's the, great, the, the Dylan the villain thing, you know, was was, was fun to talk about. Mm. Dylan was one of the guys, he would sign every autograph, he'd yeah. take every picture. Yeah. He was great with kids. I think what ended up great happening. Great with his kids. Great yeah. with his kids. Mm-hmm. I think his persona became so big mm-hmm. that it outstripped his performance on the yeah. court. Yeah. And so people were more interested in the fits, the comments. And then the other thing, too, <laughs> is, you know, the, the persona was such that, okay, he's missing games because he's too many technical fouls. Yeah. He's getting kicked out of games. Yeah. Well, the best ability is availability. And if you're not available to your team, uh, obviously, it, yeah. it, it's it's going to hurt you. Um, yeah, I mean, there were games where Dylan was absolutely fantastic, and then there were games mm. in the playoffs against the Lakers where where Dylan really really struggled. And, yeah, uh, he's one of those. The three the three would go up, and half the time you're like, <laughs> ah, and then and then maybe he hit like four in a row. It was yeah. it was you never knew what you were going to get with him. Because I was telling people, people were getting excited because like, man, look at Dylan, look at his numbers. He shot like sixty some percent from three. In the FIBA, I'm like, look, man, I've seen I've seen two to three week stretches of Dylan where he's done the same exact thing, where he looks like that guy who's this perfect three and D player. And I've seen stretches where he, you know, can't do nothing. But um, I think I think that his, I think all the stuff he did is calculated. I think he wants to be a villain. I yep. think he wants to get that because that's marketable, man. That's money. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I yeah, mean, more people were talking about Dylan Brooks, and most guys. You know, most media people aren't talking about guys that average 12, 13 points a game. Yeah. You know, but they talked about him uh, because he he was colorful. Yeah. You know, he was he was Dennis yeah. Rodman without the tattoos. Exactly. And, and the league is kind of running out of bad guys. You got Draymond Green. You got, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Patrick Beverly, those type of right. guys. But as far as that, Dylan's like, look, man, the league could be mine in a minute. You know, I could be in my, I could be a prime villain in, in a couple of years. You know, so I think, I think he, I think everything he's doing was calculated. But I just think at certain points of the season, it kind of got away from him. It kind of got bigger than, than what he, uh, his own, you know, personal comfort zone, comfort level as far as they're concerned. But yeah, I wish him the best, man. But I'm, I'm not gonna say good riddance or nothing like that because there are aspects of his game I am going to miss. But yeah, man, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna miss the pure entertainment that he brought to the city for years. Man. Yeah, for for good or for ill, he's, yeah. he's in the division, so <laughs> yeah. you're gonna see him see four him a times lot, a man. year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I tell people all the time, like I, I'm not surprised that he cut the villain stuff up on 30 when he played against Team USA because th- I noticed stuff that a lot of people just don't notice. And Dylan Brooks would jump the national anthem every game, man. When they, they were playing the national anthem, he would go out and do something before the song was over. And I'd be like, this dude is a maniac for sure. But, yeah, shout out to Dylan Brooks. Shout out to Dylan for sure. Um, as far as guys taking the next leap this season, a couple years ago it was Desmond Bain where he took his leap. We've seen just, you know, guys over time. Ja, of course, took a crazy leap. Uh, Santi Aldama took one uh, last year where he took his game to the next level. Who do you think could take that? Will it be a guy? If it is, who do you think it could be? Uh, you know, I, I like I like Jake Laravia this summer. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because he was basically a guy that can give you some rebounding, but he's got to be a, a good three-point shooter. And mm. last year he really struggled with it. He had a one good game early on. I think it might have been at Sacramento, and then he got hurt and got right. sick and, and you know, did really, really well with the Memphis hustle. But mm. as far as the Grizzlies were concerned, it was a bit more of a struggle. Um, when you talk to the players, they will tell you, we think this is the year that Jake LaRavia yeah. is going to take a leap forward. I'm rooting for Zaire Williams. I love Zaire Williams yeah. as a person. And, mm -hmm. you know, last year he just got into a situation where his body wasn't strong enough yeah. to, to hold up. And so the whole deal about him not playing summer league was to get him strength-wise, physically ready for an NBA season yeah. so that the tendonitis in the knees does not become mm -hmm. a recurring thing. So you got to be stronger in other parts of your body's probably to build up his quads to protect his knees. And yeah. so that was really the way the Grizzlies were going to approach it. Because uh, we saw good things from Zaire in the rookie season. And, um, you know, he is he is a guy that I know has been championed by Tayshaun Prince. And yeah. I, I'll tell you what, talk about the Grizzlies front office. Tayshawn is their secret weapon. Yeah. I think. I yeah, think he yeah. is he He's, is super sharp. Yeah, for sure. Um, when you look at the starting lineup, a lot of people are like before Jai comes back, opening night starting lineup. There's been a lot of people, the Chris Harrington's of the world, the, the Michael Coles, they're kind of putting out the narrative of the yeah, uh, Bacchus of the world. <laughs> right. They're putting out the <laughs> they're putting out the narrative of like uh Luke Kennard starting yeah. at uh playing a three guard lineup and basically saying like um, when when Ja comes back, you're going to be running three guards anyway. Marcus Smart is going to start play, being your not particularly saying he's going to be your small forward, but he'll be your defensive specialist. So, um, do you agree with that? Do you see you you mentioned a guy like Jake Laravia? Do you see who, who do you see starting at that wing position or what? You know, I position? saw one depth chart where David Roddy would start mm -hmm. at the three, and then you bring Luke Kennard off the bench. Because I also read in one of these articles that I think the Grizzlies' offense was 13 points mm -hmm. better per 100 possessions with Luke Kennard on the floor. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, those are like six man type numbers. So maybe Luke Kennard becomes your six man, yeah. and you get Roddy out there for defense, Bain and Bain for offense, uh, Smart for offense and defense. Mm -hmm. I think that might be might be the way that you go. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that whole thing definitely plays out for sure. I will tell you something that's kind of like wrecking my brain a little bit. All right, you've got Brandon Clark who's out with an injury. You've got Jaron who played all minutes at center. Every minute Jaron played in FIBA was at center this summer. You've got Stephen Adams who you assume is going to be ready for camp. Mm -hmm. That might be a question all within itself. But you got Stephen Adams who assumes going to be ready. Santi Aldama looked good in FIBA. You expect him to possibly take maybe another leap. You're talking about a guy who was super young mm -hmm. in Santi Aldama. Um, you got Kenneth Lofton who can might get minutes. You got Xavier Tillman. When Brandon Clark comes back, what is that rotation gonna look like? Like I, I could I could I've thrown this out on Twitter a couple times, man. I said I would not be surprised if we've seen the final, like productive major minutes of Brandon Clark. I I mean, I could definitely see a scenario where he comes back and you're like, okay, what do we do with this dude? Like who are we taking minutes from to get him on the court? I could see a situation where if teams think he's healthy, he might be a trade deadline guy. We ne we may have seen Brandon Clark's last game if, if teams see that he's healthy. You know what I mean? I don't know. So what do you think that looks like, could possibly look like with Brandon Clark? Or do you stand on my side where you're like, dude, I don't know. Like this, That could be very interesting. I, I'm right there with you. I yeah. don't know. It's going to depend on his rehab and when he's available. Yeah. Is is he? Would he be ready to play basketball by the time you get to the trade deadline? Yeah. 
and we we really don't know because there's there's no real timetable for yeah. it. So, and when he comes back, what's his level of play going to be? Because mm-hmm. he relies on his explosiveness. Yeah. Is it going to be there? So, I don't think you can really figure it out until you have some sense of how Brandon Clark mm-hmm. is going to come back, when he's going to come back. But potentially, you could have to make some very very hard yeah. decisions there. And you know, you saw last season the way the season turned. Season starts. Xavier Tillman can't sniff the floor. Well, yeah. Xavier Tillman became one of the most valuable players <laughs> in him? the second half yeah, of the year. Wild stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you have absolutely no idea how it's going to play out. Um, so, I think it's all going to be dependent upon when Brandon comes back and how well he performs when he does come back. Yeah. All right. So, Pete, we talked earlier about how you had young Zach Randolph, how you experienced him, and then you got to see Zach a more polished, more mature version of him. Um, you don't really have that luxury on this team. Our guys kind of are who they are. Um, with that being said, what what do you think this team looks like five years from now? Like when when Jaws twenty twenty nine or you know John Jaron are approaching thirty like that? What does sure. this team look like? Well, I, I think I think you have that core of Bain mm-hmm. and Jaw and Jaron, mm-hmm. and you're going to you know be looking at other pieces mm-hmm. depending how the draft falls, depending how free agency mm-hmm. falls. Um, but you're going to have an awful lot of money tied up on those three yeah, guys. So that's, that's going to be the big challenge. Yeah. And so then the question is, is, is Robert Perra okay with going into luxury tax mm-hmm. if you think that getting that big big free agent is going to put you over the hump? So, yeah. um, you know, you, you, you kind of run the possibility that you had the core four and you were putting pieces around them, and now you've got the big three and putting pieces around them the quality of the pieces and how well they fit is going to determine how well this basketball team plays. But I, I think for the long term, it's Ja and Jaron and Dez. That's your core. Right. All right, Pete. Now, there was an announcement that came out today that said that it was talking about um, the games, the Bally games, like what games right. are going to be on TV, all those type of things. Long long relationship with Bally now. Probably like, I don't know how many years it's been. It's, we've had Bally's thing for a while. Now, I saw that report. Now I saw another report saying that, that Bally's might be struggling a little bit. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, there was some other stuff about the NBA and all this type of stuff. Where do you stand and where does the team stand as far as Bally is like the kind of uncertainties that Bally has right now? Everything that we've been told is that, is that it is business as usual. Mm-hmm. The reports uh, in The Athletic indicated that Diamond Sports Group, which is the parent company, mm-hmm. has enough capital to, to get through this basketball season. So we're operating situation mm-hmm. normal. Um, but given the fact that they are in uh, Chapter 11, it's been reported that yeah. the league has contingency plans in place if there is a plot twist. Uh, so, oh, wow. so bottom line is, regardless of what happens with them, the games are going to be on the yeah. air, they're going to be televised, and it's going to be me and Brevin and Fish. and uh, That's all I need to hear, man. Yeah. But, but uh, Peter, I have a... Final question for you, man. This is my man, Pete Pranical. Of course, y'all know him. Play-by-play commentator for the Memphis Grizzlies. Final question for you. It's more of a confession, Peter. I just got to be real <laughs> okay. with you. Kenny going to start laughing on this one. Uh, Pete, uh, I know what I'm Bally... Ca- I'm Catholic. You've come to right. the right place. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got a confession for you, my brother. Uh, I- I'm aware of Ballas. I have not watched a single Grizzlies game on Ballas ever before in my life. No. I'm, I'm what you call a bootleg streamer. Uh, oh, <laughs> you're one of those guys. And Pete, I, I love hearing you guys, but I see y'all when I see y'all, man. I'm at the mercy of whatever the streaming service gives me. I've got, <laughs> I get y'all sometimes. 
I might get Michael Cage and somebody else. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you know, and, and I try, I hope every time. You, you remember the show Quantum Leap? You remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like every time I cut on it, I hope this is Pete and Brevin, man. But if it ain't, I ain't paying for this shit. So I'm getting, <laughs> I'm at the mercy of, of the bootleggers, man. But like. <laughs> you know, sport, sports television right now is so crazy. You know, NFL, <laughs> NFL Sunday ticket has gone to YouTube and YouTube nah, TV. Even, they're speaking a foreign language to me, man. I don't know nothing about none of that. Hey, buy it. It's all right here. Yeah, I, I I've, I've I've not cut the cable yet because <laughs> Valley Sports South is on hey, the cable. Exactly, man. How hey, I got to get it? That's how you get your money, but doesn't they don't pay me? So I uh, I pirate you guys very well, man. It's in 4K, 80 inch television, pretty good stuff, man. But uh, like I said, I'm at the mercy, <laughs> I'm at the mercy of whatever they give me, man. As I, long as you dig the commentators, we're cool. Yeah, yeah. And and I, and I, I hate I hate when I cut on and it's not y'all. Like, who am I gonna get today? Oh, it's Pete and Brevin. Let's go. <laughs> Sometimes it might be whoever, uh, you know, whatever. But I, I, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you in spirit, man. I support you. I just, I'm just not financially supporting you. <laughs> but I think Ballard, well, I can't say they're doing fine without me because they may not be doing too good without me at all. Maybe it might be all on me, man. Could be. How does it feel, <laughs> does it feel Pete, when during the games where it's like, especially the, even like the, the national broadcast games, the ESPN games, things like that, that people mm -hmm. you see on Twitter all over the place. Yeah. Man. I don't care if it's on ESPN. Thankfully, it's on ESPN. But man, I gotta pay. I gotta I'm watch right Pete, Pete and Brevin. Pete and yeah. Brevin. Uh, that is, I always say, we are our most popular when we don't do the games. <laughs> right. You know, everybody love you when they can't see you. Man. I know. And and the, the the thing of it is, is like Mike Breen is a really really good friend, mm -hmm. and Mike will come and ask me questions about the Grizzlies. Doris Burke will come and ask me questions about the Grizzlies. They really care about being right. Brian Anderson. Kevin Harlan from Turner, mm -hmm. Ian Eagle, they're all friends of mine. And I kind of feel bad sometimes when Grizzlies fans go after them on social media because they're all quality broadcasters mm -hmm. and they, they want to get it right. But you can't... They're, 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 they don't cover the team like this. So no, they, no. Can't I mean, expect no, them to know. No, and, and, and they will freely admit they parachute in, yeah. you know, and see the Grizzlies maybe twice a year yeah. in person. We're on the plane with these guys. We're in the hotels yeah. with these guys. And so... Yeah, of course we know more about them because we practically <laughs> right. live with them. So, right. so that that's the reason. But it it is gratifying that people are so supportive of us because you mm. don't get to last in a market for twenty years as I have, or you know, Brevin's going into year fourteen, Fish is going mm. into year seventeen. You don't have that type of longevity if if the people don't like you. Yeah, man, you guys are definitely that crew for sure, man. I've had you on, I've had Rob on. Trying to get Brevin on soon, man. He's big timing, man. Hard, he's, he's hard, he's hard, to get hard, hard to get down, man. Hard, hard to time down for sure, man. But it's my man Pete Pranica, man. Y'all know who he is, man. Y'all know what he does. One of the goats in the city of Memphis, as far as broadcasting is concerned. Glad to have you on today, man. Appreciate Thanks. you Thanks coming for on, me. All right, well, well, Pete, we appreciate you coming on today, man. Y'all know who it is, my man Pete Pranica, man. Like I said, one of the goats, one of the greatest commentators, broadcast guys y'all seen coming through Memphis, period, man. We've had you for about 24 years. I'm down for giving you a lifetime deal, man. Okay. Let's stop all this contract playing stuff, man. <laughs> Ink this, man. Just just take care of the man for life, man. Whatever. I ain't, for the, I ain't in the pocket watcher. Whatever y'all paying him, give it to him, for sure. Give it to him for life, man. We got to have Pete, my boy, in there for sure all the time. We're about to take a break, man. When we come back, the three-pointer here <laughs> on the Edge of the Sage Show. We'll see you guys in a minute. Silverfield, in his immediate availability today, said 
You guys are going to want to see something Thursday night. You guys are going to see something Thursday night you haven't seen from us before. We put in something last night that we've never done here. I want it to kind of be the wing tee. I think that would be funny just to combat it. Like, <laughs> Personally, I don't think that's what it's going to be. I think they're going to go five wide, like five true wide receivers out there. Look, I just said I know. I want it if to that's spread what it, it is, out. I'm going to be so mad. You can't be throwing around some statement like this about nothing we've ever done before just because you're five wide without your tight end split out. How many times has he talked about? You're right. Hasn't he been has a tight probably end. There's always been a tight end. Do we think it has to be offensively though? No, but like, it, I don't know. I don't think you tease something like that if it's not if it's defensive. I know what it is. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. We're announcing it. I know you're kind of joking with the fans and everything, but it's time to stop being so humble. Y'all are suiting up on Thursday night. No, I would. That would definitely be something that they've left tackle, have, left tackle, have never seen before. TJ Willis. That would be a terrible idea. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Are they keeping it vanilla? because they played two bad opponents or is it just a very basic offense like will there be any creativity to this offense this year i think that in the past game they they have the tendency to get creative like yeah. that rpo to toski is fun like wide open i hate to be this guy i'd go with the latter i don't know if there's a lot of creativity in the run game yeah tim cramsey hasn't shown it it's inside zone inside zone inside zone outside zone inside zone inside it just consistently out of the shotgun handing a running back and in between the tackles and saying go it's it's not working you have to switch things up and give the defense a different look and i don't think that tim cramsey's shown any level of tendency to do that and yeah i do like the fact that they're throwing them the ball they're giving them the ball in space there but as far as running the ball and the running schemes they're just not they're just not getting them in space they're just ramming up the middle tune into on the bluff with christian valor and gabe coon every tuesday at 12 p.m on the bluff city media youtube channel Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student athletes win in the NIL landscape. Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city. Everybody, welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show here for the three-pointer. Shout out again to my man, Pete Pranica. Great interview. Knew he would bring some good stuff, man. Uh, shout out for Pete, uh, to Pete for sure. Uh, time for the three-pointer, man. We talk about three things going in the world of sports that are important to me. Hope they're important to you guys as well, but it's what's on my mind at this time. Number one, Houston is trying to trade uh, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, including draft compensation for any team that takes him to get him off the roster. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about uh, that. Can you good say? luck. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going I'm going to say something, man. Um I don't this will be the last thing I say about Kevin Porter Jr. and I I it, there's too much attention to basketball stuff about something that doesn't have anything to do with nothing to do with, do with basketball. basketball. And I hate that we are 
guys like Shams and national guys are putting out these narratives, and they're trying to almost like they're trying to help Houston get a trade done for this dude. That's exactly what they're trying and, to do. And you're turning him, you're turning him from a basketball player um, to an asset, which is fine. I mean, I get that whole thing. Yeah. But it's just nasty work, and I'm not saying it's to defend Kevin Porter Jr. at all. Let's let's deal with him on a legal air, uh, uh, side first. And then we can talk basketball. Seeing, seeing this team try to trade him now in the middle of this nastiness, man, is just horrible work to me. And and then to see media guys who I know are putting this stuff out there to um, push that narrative forward is absolutely disgusting to me, bro. And and I'm I'm kind of over it. I'm not gonna speak anything more about it basketball wise. I don't if, if I don't care what team trades for him. I don't want to talk about that type of stuff, man. Why, why are we? T- this dude is this dude is being alleged of a horrible, heinous crime, and we're talking about it like, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like it is, it's nasty. He and, broke this woman's neck. Yeah, and, and we're talking about it like, yeah, man, they're trying to trade him, and 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 they're offers from so- stop, man. Talk about that in the background, or don't talk about it at all. Talk about it once the legal stuff is done. Like I don't care to hear about Houston trying to move uh, Kevin Porter Jr. now. Nasty stuff for sure. Number two, uh, Derrick Rose got married. Man, didn't get a chance to talk about this stuff today. Um, had the ceremony with uh, Joe Kim Noah of all people doing the ceremony. Man, I bet them boys got high as a damn kite <laughs> either before or after that situation. I would love to be in a good old smoke session with Joe Kim Noah and Derrick Rose. Man, I can imagine. Could you hang with Joe Kim Noah? Hell That's the no. question. I would love to be able to. I would love to die trying. But them dudes for sure, man. <laughs> you you go out. <laughs> I go out with a bank. Go out on your shield, if, baby. If I couldn't make it, man, I would try the hardest. I bet Derrick yeah. Rose and Joe Kim Noah, man, were high as a kite. Man, them dudes <laughs> were on the moon in a hot air balloon next to the with a, with a baboon. For real. Dudes are that high. But no, nah, man. I would enjoy getting to know Joe Kim Noah. Oh, who think. you telling, man? I bet them dudes. Yeah, I bet they're fun. I bet they're just at peace. On that spiritual vibe, come on, man. Shout out to Derrick Rose for sure, man. Derrick Rose might be the only dude on the team that's married to. Who else is married on this team, man? Uh, oh, uh, 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 Tillman. Xavier is, yep. And yep, that's yep, it. Yep, yep. Ain't nobody else on this team married, bro. Yeah. Steven Adams ain't married, is he? No, I don't think so. I don't know. Who else? JV was married. Is John? John Conchar? I heard John Con- Conchar down. Wound coon in the city. God damn! <laughs> Jesus. I'm just putting that man business yeah, out don't there. Don't put that man business out there. No, I heard, but I've heard like you can see like him out on the town or like on yeah, day yeah, naps. Yeah. Like, I don't day naps. I don't know. I don't know about day naps, but I, I've heard. I used to hear that about Grayson Allen though. Like you could kind of find him. You could right swipe and find Grayson Allen in your choices. Man, we putting all. <laughs> well, he ain't here no more, so it'd be all right. It's true. It's true. But yeah, shout out though, man. Shout out to uh, Derrick Rose getting married. Uh, number three. Why y'all want to play with uh? Why y'all wanna, why y'all want to play with Coach Prime? They, come on, man. Why y'all want to play with Coach Prime, man? It's personal, man. <laughs> it's personal. All you gotta do is believe, man. Do you believe? Do you believe? It's all you had to do is believe, but y'all want to play with Coach Prime. All you gotta do is just go play the game. And then my man out there talking about like, like you know, 
Um, I have enough respect to not wear a hat and shades when I'm talking to an adult in a press con. My mama taught me that. Yeah, but like they then of course you know the internet found clips of this dude doing the same exact thing with a hat. Internet is undefeated, and, bro. And glasses on, yeah. man. They hating on the swag is just killing them, man. They choking on the swag, ooh, man. They choking on it, man. Coach Prime is killing them. But Can I, I noticed ahead, something. Man. I noticed something today in one of those videos, and I was told Devin Walker from Ground City Media told mm -hmm. me. That uh, he did this at Jackson State, and I didn't notice this. Mm -hmm. He Prime's got their Twitter handles on the back of their jerseys, their practice jerseys. Okay, that is so next level to me. Like this dude just gets it at yeah, every yeah, level, yeah, yeah, yeah. at every level. But y'all know Dion is about to break college football, right? Hundred percent. Like you know that dude's recruiting class for next year is about to be extremely nasty. Like you know that, right? You know that's happening, right? Hundred percent. Man, I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited to see all this shit that Dion is doing. And uh, my brother called me. He was like, man. He said, man, you know, I'm pulling for prime, man. I feel like this might be the week they lose. Just because just cause it's a game you're expecting to win. I feel like, nah. Them boys will be so locked in Saturday, man. Them boys about to be so locked in Saturday, man. And, and what's his name? Alex Norvell? What's his name? Uh, uh, Fake ass. Jay. Jay, yeah, Jay Norvell. Norvell. Fake ass uh, Mike Norvell. Get your ass up out of here, man. You, hey. Oh, did you see somebody uh, at yeah, College exactly. Football said Mike yeah. Norvell said this? Yeah, some, like, some publication. Nah, it, ain't Mike. Hey, it might be Mike Norvell soon, though. It might be Norvell very soon. Well, Get I'll, this say, shit off. I'll say this, man. As much as I love Prime, he don't want no piece of Florida State Ooh. this year. Oh, no, no, not this year. That's another thing, too, man. We got to pump the brakes. Like, we got to find a healthy yes. place for Coach, Coach yes. Prime. Like, I don't, I don't have, like, Nine win, ten win expectations. I expect, this, I expect them to lose some games they're probably not supposed to lose. Does this feel kind of like the first year of Penny Hardaway? We want all the smoke. Yeah. No, like Penny could not answer. The smoke was choking the shit out of Penny. But I'm year. saying, I'm saying, <laughs> we're only two games into the season. Yeah. We, I think everybody needs to pump the brakes. But <laughs> but it looks like Colorado is going to be legit. They're going to be legit. Like it looks like, yeah, because Penny stuff was looking kind of chokish on on the smoke. Well, first year, we'll see. He was dying of smoke, smoke inhalation. That first season. <laughs> but shout out to my boy Penny, man. He was tightening this shit up for sure. But uh, but yeah, man, that's a three-pointer, man. Good stuff for sure. Also, I did, did we talk about this the other day? Not on one FC? Uh yeah, we did. Yeah. But damn, here he is again. Check yeah. out your boy at uh not on one FC this Friday. Breaking the guitar, man. Has a black man ever done that? Pop Star Chronicles, baby. <laughs> the, the first ever black man. <laughs> I don't think you're the first ever black man to do it. But you are the first I'm ever. I'm going to take claim to it. You are the you first can't name pop star. If, you can't name about the top of your head who did it. I'm taking claim for it. Man. Ja did it, right? Oh, shit, my man. And, yeah, and uh, like half the Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah, half the Grizzlies have done it, man. Like, I'm the first Rick Lass dude. <laughs> there you go. I'm the first Rick Lass dude from South Memphis. <laughs> to break the, the guitar. The first South Memphis. Yeah. You're the first South Memphis to do it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, shout out to that, man. And make sure you guys check out uh, Attitude MMA, man, this weekend, this Saturday at the Cannon Center. We're giving away two free tickets. No. Two sets of uh, of two tickets, so four tickets all together. Uh, two people, y'all know what I'm trying to say. You man. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two times two is four, man. Two times we, two is four. We're giving away two sets of two tickets to uh, uh, the Attitude MMA uh, uh, event at the Cannon Center. All you got to do is comment your Twitter handle in the comments of this video today. Uh, we're gonna announce the winner by 12 noon on Saturday, the day of the show. It's gonna be a blast, it's man. Easy, man. Just put your name in there, and uh, we'll we'll put them in the randomizer. And we'll have a winner. In the randomizer. And I'm telling you, it's an awesome show, man. I slept on it. I had no expectations of yeah. it. My expectations are high as shit. High as Joe Kim knowing Derrick Rose. That's right. At the reception. It's a good, it's a good callback, man. No, that's, but, a, that's <laughs> a high my expectations. 
<laughs> there is uh, honestly, I will say this, man. Having gone to some live MMA events, uh-huh. MMA live events are a blast. Right there, it is tense. It is mm-hmm. awesome. Everybody's freaking out. It's great. Right. So, oh, and, and if y'all saw the interview we had with my boy uh, Trey Manley the other day, y'all should have saw Kenny Stubblefield fanboy ass. After the last game, after the last show, well, this man had a whole nother hour interview we with talk, this. We talked for an hour. <laughs> we talked for an hour. I after. was like, yeah. I was like, kid, I'd love to get some Whataburger right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sit here and you interview this man. Yeah, man, yeah. It was bad. I apologize. But yeah, that's what's up, though, man. That's the three pointer. <laughs> We're about to take a break, baby. Come back inside the same brain. We'll see you guys in a minute. Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student athletes win in the NIL landscape. Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, Elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city. And I wonder if Silverfield's time in the NFL is a reason for this, but it feels like a much more NFL style 100%. to do that as opposed to yeah. what you see a lot in college is just keep doing your thing, keep putting up points. I think style points really only matter if your job is on the line or you are playing a ranked opponent. I think that's really the only Or time. you're at a place like Memphis where you have, like, you don't have a huge core fan base. That may not be the case at all college football programs. Yeah. But definitely in Memphis where you have, what, a core of well, 25,000-ish fans that are sure. fans, and then you've got to bring in... 10 15 casual that are you know their number one team is somewhere else but if you're exciting and fun they're going to come to a thursday night game against navy when their team's not playing but i think you also get that if you just win tune in to tigers untapped with tj willis and trey lasley every wednesday at 3 p.m on the bluff city media youtube channel so are they keeping it vanilla because they played two bad opponents, or is it just a very basic offense? Like, will there be any creativity to this offense this year? I think that in the past game, they they have the tendency to get creative. Like, yeah. that RPO to Toski is fun, like wide open. I hate to be this guy. I'd go with the latter. I don't know if there's a lot of creativity in the run game. Yeah. Tim Cramsey hasn't shown it. It's inside zone, inside zone, inside zone, outside zone, inside zone. Inside. It's just consistently out of the shotgun, handing a running back and in between the tackles and saying go it's it's not working you have to switch things up and give the defense a different look and i don't think that tim cramsey's shown any level of tendency to do that and yeah i do like the fact that they're throwing them the ball they're giving them the ball in space there but as far as running the ball and the running schemes they're just not they're not getting them in space they're just ramming up the middle tune into on the bluff with christian valor and gabe coon every tuesday at 12 p.m on the bluff city media youtube channel
right, y'all, welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. Dope interview with my man, Pete Pranica, man. Uh, good stuff he was talking about. It's just, I think it's a really interesting uh, perspective with him that he if, he he dealt with, like, Baby Zebo. He dealt with, like, Jailblazer Zach Randolph, and then he dealt with, yeah, you know, the glorified version of Zebo as yeah. well. And yeah. then we get him, uh, we, he's, he's watching the job. He's watching the same thing all over again. So, like I said, I think that's super dope that uh, we have Pete here too uh, has had those experiences but inside the same brain is what we do here where i talk about something random typically uh, i may or may not have been under my uh, glaucoma med- medication when these things came to mind uh but today i'm going to talk about something Kenny, you know school started back a few weeks ago yes it did and when school starts back there's an event i'm sure they have these events all over the country um <laughs> sure they do because i saw this on twitter and i put talked about it on facebook yeah but it's it's donuts with dad and, and muffins with mom time, yep. uh, Kenny. And times have changed. We've kind of changed up that event. Uh, for those of you who don't know, donuts with dad is a thing where uh, your your boy and girl kids, your sons and daughters, boy and girl kids, what, what am I talking about? Your sons or your daughters go with your dad. It's not, it's not like dad, it's not like man, man, boy, or whatever. Like right. the daughter or the son goes to school early. You typically like 30 minutes early. Yeah. And they sit and they have donuts with their dad. And it used to be a speaker would come yeah. and kind of say something to kind of motivate the dads. Then they have the version for the moms called Muffins with Moms where um, you do the same thing. The, the son or daughter goes to have muffins with the mom. Somebody speaks. They motivate. And it's just this cute, beautiful mm-hmm. thing. And as a young dad with Sabrina, when Sabrina was like kindergarten, first grade, I would really look forward to this. Like I, I really liked the moment to spend time with my child. And um, it was just always like, you know what I mean? And um, they've kind of changed it over over time. They've, uh, um, they call some of them, what did, what, about, what did I see? There's some grandma, grandparent ones. Yeah, they get, no, not, no they, it's kind of like to, because a lot of these kids like may not have a father that lives in the house with them or their, their dad may not be in their lives. So they call it like I've seen like you know donuts with parents, pastries with parents. I've seen uh, donuts with your favorite guy day, and it's kind of you know that type of thing. Oh, I got you, yeah. And I'll say this, man, and and I <laughs> I did some crowdsourcing today at work. <laughs> we had a meeting today. And I said, "Y'all mind asking all the questions before we get started?" And we did some crowdsourcing, man. And I said, um, "I said what? I said what if?" Uh, I said, what do you guys take some donuts with dad? They said, what do you mean? I said, if a if a lady, if a child's dad is not in his life, what are your what are your thoughts on the mom going to attending the event? Right. And some of the women were like, nah, I'll ask like my brother to do it. I'll ask, you know, his coach, I'll ask a mentor, my pastor, granddad, you know, my friend, the guy I'm dating at the time. Those type of things, right? And a couple of ladies like, I'm going to be there. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of energy coming back at me. Like, you know what I mean? So I was like, and I rolled my eyes at that. And, and I'll say this today as well. Um, there, are some, there are a lot of awesome mothers out there, a lot of awesome single mothers out there who have to um, go above and beyond as, as parents. And, and I, I am an advocate for being a father. I'm a proud father. I enjoyed dad life. I'm getting ready to go to a, a fatherhood conference um, out in Nashville in a few weeks, and I am amped. I'm excited about it, man. You would think I'm going to a Drake concert. Excited I am about this fatherhood con- uh, conference because I, I love my kids, man. Everything I do is, is for my kids for sure. And um, here's my take on it. 
Um, I don't think those events are for women. And I'm not saying that women, I'm not saying that these women aren't awesome moms. I'm not saying they're not incredible moms. But they're not men, bro. Like, is is there certain things that when it's certain things that when a child has that intimate time with their dad or with a male figure, whether it's a mentor, coach, uncle, granddad, mom's friend, who whatever, those there's a there's a different it hits differently, man. Just like if there was a muffins with mom event, I'm not gonna take my ass in there if Gabe's mom was not in his life. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a uh, I'm not Gabe's custodial parent. Gabe lives with his mom, right? right. But my plan, our plan, um, between me and Gabe's mom is that that's going to change. Gabe's going to come live with me. In the event that she, she moved out of town and Muffins with mom was, was this particular week and she couldn't make it now, Gabe would just miss that, man. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't show up and be like, yeah, hey, well, I'm, I'm mom and dad. Like, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? Because I think that – I think there may be some intimate conversations in that Muffins with mom that – Moms just need to be around other women. You know what I mean? So I, I I would sit that one out. You know what I mean? So that's just where I stand on that, man. And Because I remember being a young dad and pulling from this dude that was speaking at the at the first Donuts with Dad that I went to. And I remember there was a lady there who was, you know, doing the whole mom, mom and dad thing. And ain't nobody leaving my baby out type thing. And it really bothered me because the guy was cooking. The guy who was there was really cooking, man. He was saying some stuff that was really helping me. And I saw other young dads there, and it was stuff that was helping them out. And me being a non-biological dad, like, it was stuff I was pulling on this dude. Like, I was like, yeah, man, keep talking, keep talking. But I could tell that, like, it was he didn't he couldn't go where he wanted to go because there was a mom there. You get what I'm saying? And I'm not saying I'm not saying these ladies aren't awesome. I'm not saying they're not amazing moms. Right. But I think those events should be separated. I think you should allow... I, I'm all about inclusion, integrating all those type of things. But I think that when you do those type of things, there are a lot of intimate moments that get that can get disrupted. When there's, there's there's something great, they're powerful that happens when all those dads in the room there with their kids. I love to see it, man. Yeah, because there's so many. And if you do it where it's just you know, you know, parents with patients with parents, a lot of dads are just gonna say, "Oh, baby, you go." Right. right. Instead of having those moments where the dads are there. And I, and I was talking to it about it today, and the lady who was the instructor there is one of my mentors. She said, she was like, uh, I agree with you because if you, if you make it where the women have to invite another man, that's another man that may not have kids. that may, You may be grooming him to see the importance of him being in that child's life, man. Right. You know what I mean? So I just think that when you just make those things all inclusive like that, it just kind of Messes up that whole thing. And I hope people ain't mad at me for saying what I'm saying. No, no, no. I think I think that what I'm saying is real. Um, I well, think that the, you still should have dads out here, man. Absolutely. Like, I'm not ashamed to be a dad. I know you love being a father as well, man. I do. And I hate you missing this conference, man, because I, I, hey, I'm telling you, dude, I cannot wait, man, <laughs> to go to this fatherhood conference. I want so many nuggets. Because sometimes, man, I don't feel like the best dad, man. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Co-parenting effing sucks, bro. You know what I mean? For sure. So, yeah. Um, that's it, man. That's that's how I feel about that whole thing. You got anything on this, man? I, I'm just sitting here and I'm listening to you, man. And I I love your heart, bro. Like I really I Thank do. You, man. And uh, I've told over the last couple of days, I've told numerous people. Mm-hmm. I've known Anthony before this any of this shit before this sports <laughs> right. shit, right? Like I've known you for a long. time. I got time. a heart for people. I don't give a damn what team you cheer for. To be honest with you, man. right? Like, and that's why whenever people are mad at me about whatever, if I really feel like what I said hurt you or confused you. 
I'll have a conversation with you about it, man. I don't, right. I don't, my DMs are super open, bro. Right. Like I don't, um, I don't mind having those conversations at all because at the end of the day, man, I'm about, I'm a, I've got a heart for people, man. I got a heart for this city and, and for the people of this city, man. I'm glad you said that too, because it was something I left out when I went on my early rent, um, in the beginning of the show. There was a guy who was a missionary who was here in the city of Memphis. And he said, man, I've, I've done mission work. In all in all places across the world, third world countries, I've done all these things. And he said, "Oh, excuse me." He said, "The greatest injustice that I've ever seen, Kenny Stubblefield, was the Shelby County. The greatest, the greatest injustice against black people was the Shelby County school system, and mm. it blew my mind." He said, "Man, it is. It said it's insane that in the city this size, there's such a difference between the schools on one side mm. of town." In the other side of it. it's it's and we've experienced it on a very yes, personal level. Yes, yes, man. And yeah. Working in the trenches with these kids, and it goes back to what I said in the beginning of the show, man. Like the audacity of you to compare your silo, your Saturday afternoon entertainment, your twice a week college basketball entertainment, and to say that you guys are can speak for the city and this is the city's team and dude, yeah, no, nah, that's a whole nother. Nah, man, there are kids, there are little kids who ain't never gone to those games, never will go to those games. You know right. what I mean? So, um, and I get what people are trying to say. It's been here forever. The Tiger, I, I am a sports fan because of Elliot Perry, because of Tiger basketball. Memphis Tiger basketball is the reason why I'm sitting here in this seat talking about the Grizzlies or whatever I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like I, I can acknowledge that, but man, we have to be, we have to look at the broader picture of of, of this thing, man. We can't. Yeah. We can't just sit here and say, oh, this is this is our team. And I'll say this too, man. I've said this forever. Like, the U of M has done – they missed a generation, bro. They missed a generation. Like, there's a generation of young people that do not – are not connected to the University of Memphis Athletics. And it's not just black kids. Like, this – it just is what it is, bro. There was a kid on Twitter. He put that tweet out, and it blew my mind when he said that um, – he said that um, he said I'm 23. He said I'm 23 years old. It's 2023. He said I'm 23. I'm a student at the University of Memphis. He said I'm a Grizzlies fan because that's what I grew up on. This kid said he grew up on the Grizzlies. Absolutely, <laughs> bro. When he said that shit, now that I feel old as hell. Yeah, but I, it scared me, man, because there's a generation of, of people coming t- that are in this that are live walking adults in Memphis, Tennessee, who did not grow up on Tiger basketball. Their introduction to sports was. Powering them, you know what I mean? Yep. And it's wild, man. Wild that those kids are adults now. Yep. And and yeah, it's it's wild stuff. And like I said, man, like it's it's a dumb conversation because we already know what's best for the city. What's what's best for the city is, is being a pro team. Yep. As this period, we love the Tigers. Even love Tiger football. Hooper three and zero. As y'all are watching this, uh, as we're recording this, the game's going on. I don't know the score. Right but, now, it's seven zero Memphis. All right, there you go. Go Tigers, go for sure. But uh, yeah, man, we gotta we gotta move on, man. We gotta move on as a city. Uh, if anyone is confused or upset by anything I said, um, to hell with some of y'all. I said that in the first uh, in the first segment, but I also hope some of y'all have better understanding. Hope you uh, were able to see uh, the root of where I'm coming from on that. It's not it's not to make white people mad, but it's just to let y'all know. There's another reality out there. Yeah, it's another reality. You, you can't speak for the city. Yeah, You can't. And, and we love the Tigers, all those type of things. But that fan base, that predominantly white, upper middle class, rich, wealthy fan base can't speak for the city because you don't reflect the city. 
It's just it just is what it is, man. But uh, for those Real of quick, y'all, let me go, go back. Let me go back to this donuts for dads thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I uh, this you're sitting here and you were speaking very eloquently about the you know mm-hmm. as a, as a social worker the dynamics of these things. I'm gonna tell you how my brain was working while you were talking about this mm-hmm. stuff. I was rethinking our conversation about dine in and carry out. Yeah, from last. From All right, last no, explain that one. <laughs> All right, come on. The idea of taking my kid or my kids, yeah, to a donuts for dad event with a group of people and eating some old stale donuts. I'll just take my kid to a to a. Uh, I'll go get some donuts before they get up in the morning, mm-hmm. bring it back to the house, and we'll eat donuts at the house. Yeah, man, do that. <laughs> that's or oh, eat, oh, eat them at the donut place, man. <laughs> that's right, because because I. I get so <laughs> filled with anxiety when yep. I drive up into the parking lot and I see the donuts for dad, the muffins. So you for never, mom. you never gone? Never gone. Come on, Kenny, you serious? Dead serious. It's awesome, man. Never gone. And you get to ki- see other dads in the school and kids. I don't care. <laughs> we'll go get you some donuts and, and, <laughs> exactly. and bring them home, man. Exactly. <laughs> That's what my. So you're sitting here speaking eloquently. I'm, I'm honestly over here going. Man, I'm, a terri- I'm a terrible <laughs> I'm a father, man. I can't even say I eat a freaking donut with my kid. No. Man, I'll, yeah, go, I'll go buy some donuts and bring them back to the house, bro. That's, <laughs> That's what's what up, doing. though. <laughs> yeah, do that, man, for sure. I, I know you spend a lot of time. And here we are, man. Here we are as two dads who have kids who are playing sports, planning our recording time around <laughs> third and fourth grade volleyball and all this other man. crap. Like, man, get this out of my face, man. I got <laughs> Anthony's working around football. I got volleyball in I the got work. football and soccer, and basketball is coming. I'm telling you, man, it yeah. is nonstop. It, it is hilarious how much yeah. our life has changed. Yeah. We are literally, we had a whole conversation through text yesterday about, hey, man, what's your, what's, how we gonna play this? What's, what's Gabe's schedule for football? <laughs> right. Hey, what's Sailor's schedule yeah, for volleyball? Yeah, man, hey, we'll make it happen. We'll make it, boy. Yeah, we'll make it happen, man. We'll make it happen for y'all, man. We appreciate you guys checking in with us. For those of y'all that are mad at me, I'm sorry, but you'll be all right for sure. Uh, but yeah, for Kenny Stufferfield behind the glass, for my boy Paris Sharkey at Bible study. <laughs> this is boy. <laughs> it's your boy Anthony Sane, man. We out this joint. We'll see y'all next week, man. Anthony Sane Show. Thank you for listening to the Anthony Sane Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next week.